technical difficulties so this show will be about 30 minutes instead of normal hour but we are back uh got a lot to discuss let's talk the WNBA let's talk NBA playoffs uh Yantes Antetokounmpo tweeted something today I'm gonna give my thoughts on that we're gonna finish up with the rough rant so let's talk the WNBA the WNBA season will be beginning on next Friday, May the 19th. Uh, so, looking forward to that. Uh, please make sure if you haven't already that you're following WNBA League Fits on Instagram. That page is for the uh, outfits, you know, off-season and in-season of the athletes in the WNBA. So, you can follow that Instagram at WNBA League Fits. You can follow us on Twitter at Fits underscore WNBA. Now, the WNBA's number one draft pick this year, Aaliyah Boston, uh, on today she announced that she has signed a multi-year shoe deal with Adidas. So, happy to see that, you know, being able to market herself and and get extra income because we know it's needed. Another thing that happened with the WNBA is they recently announced that they're adding a new rule this year or a new uh, facet to the game, and that's going to be a coach's challenge. That means that each team, each coach will have one challenge that they can use, and you would only have one whether that challenge is successful or not. So even if you get, even if you challenge, and it is deemed that you were correct in challenging, you will not be receiving another one. 
Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that part of it. I think if you challenge something and you are correct, you should get another challenge. But that's not going to be how it goes. Elena Deladon, uh, Washington Mystics forward slash center, has announced that uh, she, well, not necessarily announced, but she said that she is healthy and she's excited for the season. Uh, Deladon is 33 years of age. She uh, is still one of the better players in the game. I think when she's healthy, she's a force. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what she's able to do this season. Can she stay healthy uh, will be the key. Now we have Brittany Griner. We know that Brittany Griner was detained and uh, did not get a chance to play in the WNBA last year. However, she is back home and she is going to be playing uh, this year. Um, that's going to be interesting to see what she's able to do on the court, being that she hasn't played in such a long time. I mean, I know that she's been training uh, in the offseason, you know, in the last few months since she's been home. But that's still a lot of time that she missed. Uh, and she's going to have to get in the rhythm. I expect Brittany Griner to kind of start off a little bit slow. I would expect her minutes to be low, uh, you know, maybe somewhere in the mid-20s. And I think as time goes on a little bit, she'll get more and more comfortable and get closer to being her uh, normal self, who was a dominant player on both ends of the court, uh, one of the best centers in the game of basketball. So it's just good to have Brittany Griner home, good to have her in a good mental space and uh, ready to get back on the basketball court. Another person that I want to talk a little bit about is Tina Charles. If you are a follower of the WNBA, you know that Tina Charles uh, is one of the better centers that the league has had ever, really, but especially in the last 10 to 15 years. Uh, she is a very good player. However, she is a free agent right now. Nobody has picked her up. And I think what has happened is, being that she's older now, and she seems like she brings a little bit of drama, a little bit of attitude to teams. I think that some of the owners have soured on her um, and may not, you know, want to add her to their roster and to their locker room. And so I'm interested in seeing if Tina Charles will be picked up uh, by next week. And if not by next week, will she play at all this year? Uh, there's definitely a couple of teams that I think could use her uh, from the Sparks. I think the Sparks could use her. They have people uh, that they could cut. I think that Rashonda Gray could be a cut candidate. Uh, even Shanae Gumake. And so I think that the Sparks should give her the opportunity. Look at Tina Charles. I also think another team would be the Chicago Sky. I think that they could use a player with her skill set and with her size uh, on their roster as well. So we're just going to have to see how it goes for Tina Charles. Uh, she has not retired or anything, so... I'm sure that she wants to still play. But like I said, she's not on the roster currently. So we'll just have to see how that goes. Now let's talk NBA playoffs now. Uh, I'm going to talk each round, each series that we have going on right now. Uh, the first series would be the Miami Heat against the New York Knicks. Uh, that series is led by the Miami Heat 3-1 currently. Uh, the Miami Heat have looked great in the last couple games especially. Um... Takeaways, I would say, would be Jimmy Butler. It's something about Jimmy Butler in the postseason. He takes his game all the way up. Uh, he goes from averaging somewhere in the low 20s in points to, you know, basically 30, close to 30. You know, so he's been he's been dominant. Uh, Bam Adebayo is a guy I've been kind of hard on 
in the last uh, month or so, I think the Bam has struggled. He wasn't really giving us that same defensive prowess. He wasn't doing much on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but he, he stepped it up in the last two games for Miami uh, in game four where we took the 3-1 to one lead. He had 23 points and 13 rebounds. And so that's what you're going to need out of Bam because when you're talking about Miami, you're missing guys like Tyler Hero. That's 20-plus points in scoring that you don't have available. And you also have about potentially 10 points that's missing from the lineup when you talk about uh, Victor Oladipo. So been very impressed by Bam the last couple games. Going to have to keep that going. Uh, from the New York side of the ball, side of the court, um, Julius Randle. They got an issue with Julius Randle. He just has not been able to be uh, the same player in the postseason that he is in the regular season. I saw a stat yesterday before or during the game that before last night, he, he was shooting like 33% from the floor in the postseason, in his postseason career. And that's the lowest in NBA history with the person that has, uh, I think it was 200-plus shot attempts. So Julius Randle just is not – He's not very good when it comes down to playing in the postseason. I don't know what it is about him. Uh, I think that he's not a very good three-point shooter. It's inconsistent. And sometimes he settles too much uh, in the postseason. Jalen Brunson for, for New York, he's giving them everything that he has. Again, in game four, he had 32 points, 11 assists, and four rebounds. Can't really ask for much more from him. Uh, R.J. Barrett came along and gave you 24 points in, in game four. Uh, but I think the lack of bench punch that the uh, New York Knicks had cost them last night. You know, they went to Quentin Grimes in the starting lineup in the place of Josh Hart. And as a result, it hurt them because Josh Hart had one of the worst games I've seen him have, especially in the Knicks uniform. He played 22 minutes. He had four points on two of six shooting and had six fouls. And Josh Hart is a guy that normally gives you somewhere between – between 9 and 11 points, uh, 7 and 10 rebounds, and 2 to 5 assists. And so last night, he just gave you nothing. Uh, I mean, he was just out there fouling. And in the end, it cost the, the New York Knicks that game and ultimately the series. We know that it's 3-1. I do not believe they can overcome this uh, by any means. And uh, so the Knicks have some, some things that they're going to have to look, look at and uh, – make some decisions going forward uh one question i want to pose is should they fire tom thibodeau i'm of the mindset that they should i think that tom thibodeau uh it's a guy that runs his players in the ground in the regular season playing them 42 43 44 minutes uh if you remember correctly i talked about this about three weeks ago there was a game where they were they were uh I think they were getting blown out or either blowing out somebody. No, they were blowing out a team by a lot, and he kept his starters in. And so what I think happens with Tom Thibodeau's teams is they they just begin to wear down. You know, if you're winning a game by a lot or losing by a lot, get some people in the game off the bench and let, that go, let your guys, your key guys, get some rest. Tom Thibodeau does not do a good job of doing that, and therefore I think the guys wear down for him. Uh and it also gives them a chance, you know, getting hurt. Gives them a high, much higher chance of getting hurt with the way he plays his guys. So, I think that the Knicks should move on from him. Um, should we just – we got a guy like Coach Bud that Milwaukee fired 
Uh, I think that Milwaukee uh, former coach, Coach Bud, should be a guy that they look at if you get rid of Tom Thibodeau. He can step right in and uh, and potentially lead them you know, to success. I think Tom Thibodeau needs to be gone. The next series that we're going to talk about is the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, this series has been a little bit uh, interesting because you just can't, you don't know what you're going to get from certain guys. One night you get something, another night you get something completely different. Um, this series is tied at 2-2. You have James Harden, who has been very inconsistent. Uh, in game one, he came out and balled out. He had 45 points. In games two and three, he was awful, uh, combining to make only five total field goals. And then game four, he came right back at you and gave you 42. And so you just don't know what you're going to get from James Harden on a night-to-night basis. Um, Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid. He's a great center. Uh, I don't, Of course, he's not 100% healthy, but he's still giving you productivity. Uh, in game four, he had 34 points, 13 rebounds, and four assists. So he's doing his job. I think going forward, though, if you're Philly and you want to have a chance to win this series, you're going to need more out of Tobias Harris. Uh, in game four, he only had nine points. Tyrese Max is going to have to shoot the ball much better as well. He was 6 of 17 from the floor in game four. So you're going to definitely need those two guys to step up their game if they want a chance to win this series. On the Boston side of the court, I've been very disappointed in certain things with them, uh, starting with the head coach, Joe Mazzula. I think that he is showing us that he is no Ime Udoka. Although they have a good record, there's certain things that he does, starting from his defensive sets, his lack of timeout usage. It's just things that he does to show you that he needs work as a head coach in the, in the National Basketball Association. Um... They lost last game partly because of Jalen Brown. There was a play late in the game where they uh, were up two. Joel Embiid had the ball in the paint. And Jalen Brown came all the way off of James Harden, who was at the three-point line, to, to basically triple-team uh, Joel Embiid. And to me, it made no sense because you got a two-point lead. The only thing that Joel Embiid can do, unless you foul him, is get tie the game up. And you're still going to have time to go back down and have a chance to win it. Jalen Brown decides to make a bonehead play and leave his guy in James Harden, who is having a great game. Leave him wide open. James Harden knocks down the three, and they take a one-point lead, therefore winning the game because Boston did not win, uh, did not make a shot to win. That's a, that's a play that you can't make if you're Jalen Brown. You should know better than that. You got to have a higher uh, basketball IQ in that moment. And he just didn't. I think that some other things that Boston needs to do if they want a chance to win, uh, you know, two of the last three games, is get Jalen Brown more touches offensively. He's been dominating some of these first quarters. You look up, he has 14 points. And then the rest of the game, he takes four or five shots. That can't happen. Jalen Brown is a very good player, a good scorer. And I think that if you get him more touches, he'll be able to be successful. It's been it's going too long without him shooting the basketball. And I got to give him some blame for it as well because I'm actually watching these games. And Jalen Brown, I'm seeing times where he looks like he's tentative or he's passive. It uh, doesn't look like he really wants to score the ball. So he needs to come out tonight uh, in game five and have a big game. 
I think that Al Horford has pretty much gave you what you expected out of him. He's not going to do much scoring at this point in his career. Uh, but he has been a presence uh, on the defensive side of the ball. He's going to need to keep that up going against Embiid uh, the rest of the way. Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon has been good for the Boston Celtics. Uh, you know, scoring, facilitating, and rebounding. And I thought that that was a great pickup when they got him in the offseason. No, just because he's a guy that has a high IQ and he, he's unselfish. You know, he's not worrying about how many shots I got up or how many points I scored. You know, he, he's a guy that you can tell is bought in and looking to get the win. So, those are a few things I think that Boston has to do uh, in game five, six, and seven in order to win two of these last three games and be able to move on. Let's now talk about the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. This is another series that has kind of flip-flopped. We know that Denver dominated the first two games. They won those two games. And then Phoenix came right back at them and said, you know, we're not going to lay down. They won the last two games. So this series is now tied 2-2. Future Hall of Famer Chris Paul is still out with a groin injury. Uh, He's been ruled out for game five. So I think the best case scenario scenario for him to possibly return would probably be a game seven if they get there. But on the Denver side of the ball, uh, Nikola Jokic has been Nikola Jokic. We know that he's one of the best players in, in the game of basketball. He's a elite, elite center, elite playmaker, um, and he's been great. Uh, I think Jamal Murray has been great outside of one game. One game he was awful. But outside of that, he's been steady in this series. A couple of the guys that I'm looking at, though, on the Denver side of the ball that I think needs to pick up their play uh, is Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon has been in foul trouble in most of the games. And it, and it's hard for you not to be when you got to go up against guys like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, who are very skilled, uh, you know, players. But they're going to need Aaron Gordon to figure out how to stay out of foul trouble uh, in game five and going forward. Uh, because he's got to give you more than what he's been giving you. Uh, in game four, which they lost, he had just 11 points and six rebounds, and that's not going to get it done. Another guy that I'm looking at that really has to step his game up is Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. had a lot of hype coming into the league as far as people talking about how good a scorer he was and how good a scorer he could be. And in this series, he just has not lived up. Um, in game four, the game, again, like I said, that they lost – he was uh, 4 of 13 from the floor, 2 of 9 from 3. He did give you 10 rebounds and 4 assists, but he's got to be able to be more of a scoring threat to take some of the pressure off of Jokic and Jamal Murray. Another thing I think that hurts the Denver Nuggets is the fact that they don't have a bench. Uh, they're having to play Jeff Green 20 minutes in the postseason, and I think Jeff Green is done. Can he give you an occasional dunk that impresses you? Yes, but it looks like he's going to be able to dunk on people when he's 50 but it's more to basketball than just dunking at this point in his career Jeff Green just does not provide much uh Bruce Brown is solid but he hasn't played up to his potential either and uh I'm gonna tell you a guy that they miss Bones Highland they let Bones Highland go for nothing because he wanted more minutes and they weren't giving it to him Bones Highland is a guy that can score the basketball and I think if you had him out there potentially playing the two-guard position with Jamal Murray at the one, that would open up things more for Jokic and Murray. 
So I definitely believe that they missed Bones' high and scoring ability uh, when you're talking about the Denver Nuggets. Now on the Phoenix side of the ball, Kevin Durant has been pretty good. I won't say great, you know, when according to his standards because he's been turning the ball over at a high level, uh, and he's normally not a high turnover guy. Uh, but he's scored the ball well, he's rebounded, and he's facilitated. Uh, Devin Booker has been incredible. He's uh, averaging 41.5 points over the last two games, both Phoenix wins. Uh, shooting 79% from the floor, 66% from three. And uh, also giving you six rebounds a game and 10.5 assists. So he's been dominant. Devin Booker has really balled out uh, and and led, those, led that Phoenix Suns team to victory. Uh, on Phoenix, I think that Cameron Payne in Chris Paul's absence is going to need to be able to do more. Uh, in last game, he played 25 minutes, had just five points, two rebounds, and four assists. I don't think that's going to be enough because if I'm Denver, I'm trying to figure out how to get the ball out of Kevin Durant and, and Devin Booker's hands. You're going to have to beat me with Joshua Koji. You're going to have to beat me with DeAndre Ayton. You're going to have to beat me with Campaign. The uh, Terrence Rosses. I just can't let Devin Booker and Kevin Durant keep combining for 65, 70 points. So I'm going to force somebody else to do it against me tonight and going forward if I'm Denver. So it's just going to be a matter of seeing who can step up, which role players can step up their game and uh, help, you know, help out the uh, superstars. Now, the last series that we have to discuss is the Lakers and the Warriors. This series has been very good, very intriguing. Uh, the Lakers are now up 3-1. They won the last two games. And uh, I'm impressed. I'm impressed because of the simple fact that LeBron James has not even had to be dominant. He's not having a great playoffs, and I think it's because of his foot. If you remember, he kind of rushed back because he had to. They, were, they weren't even going to make the playoffs if he kept sitting. And so I think LeBron rushed back and his foot is just not 100%. If you watch him, you know that his explosiveness is just not there. And LeBron James is normally a very explosive player uh, above the rim. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's selling for, for so many threes at this point. Uh, because his foot is not healthy. So I do think LeBron will end up having to have surgery in the offseason. Uh, but Anthony Davis is a guy that I get on a lot. Because I think he has all the skills and the ability to be you know, dominant every night. And for whatever reason, you just get the high, the highs and the lows from him. Sometimes he gives you 35, 15, and five blocks. And other times he gives you 14 points, uh, nine rebounds, and one block. And so you just don't know what you're going to get from him on a night-to-night basis. Uh, however, overall in the postseason so far, he's been good, especially in the games that they won. And, uh, but the, the unsung hero, the guy that deserves a lot of credit last game for the Lakers was Lonnie Walker. Now, I think that Lonnie Walker is a guy that deserves a lot of credit for the simple fact that he started about 35 games this season, and then he ended up getting hurt. And once he came back, they brought him off the bench. And then after that, he ended up not even playing for a while. There were games where he was getting DMPs. But Lonnie Walker has stayed down. He's kept his head in, you know. Uh, kept locked in and uh, now he's been given an opportunity and last night he showed up and he showed out especially in the fourth quarter scoring 14 points and leading the Los Angeles Lakers to that win uh, very important win in that game 
you know, it's a lot of credit he deserves for last night's game. D'Angelo Russell, I think, is going to have to play it better as well. Uh, not necessarily in this series, because I do think that they're going to win this series. Uh, I would probably predict game six back at home. They would close it out. But he's going to have to play better next round, because last night, D'Angelo Russell was unplayable. And he ended up playing 31 minutes, but he was awful. He had four points and one of ten shooting. He was 0-4 from three, and he only had four rebounds and three assists. Going to have to get more from D'Lo, uh, especially, like I said, in the next round, whether that's Phoenix or that's uh, Denver. So that's it. I think that Darvin Ham is a guy I don't really trust either. I think he needs some more work as far as being an NBA head coach. Uh, there are certain things he does that I do not agree with, from using his time, not using his timeouts to certain rotations. Um, but in the end, the Lakers look good, man. They, they're 3-1 in this series. They should not get four, though. If It would be my mindset to go ahead and close Golden State out game five and be done with it. Because if you do that, then you'll be able to have a chance to get a little bit of rest. Golden State. Now, let's transition to talk Golden State. Golden State has a lot going on. I just don't think they ever recovered from that incident with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole at the beginning of the year. Uh, Draymond punching Poole. Uh, I've said for, for months that Draymond Green is, is more bark than bite. He's not worth it anymore. Uh, his game is just not good enough anymore. He's still a good defender, but he's such a liability offensively, especially when you're talking about scoring the ball. And then when you look at Klay Thompson, Klay Thompson has been very disappointing for the Golden State Warriors. He's pretty much only had like two good games in the playoffs, and I think they played, what, 11, 10 or 11 games. And so Klay Thompson is just nowhere near the same player. Can he still get hot from three on certain games and give you 30 points? Yes, but it doesn't happen nearly as frequently. And his defense is nowhere near what it used to be, say, four or five years ago. Klay Thompson is just not that good a defensive player anymore. Um, and so that's a problem for them because you have now pretty much only Draymond and Wiggins that play defense uh, in the starting lineup. Uh, you also have an issue when you talk about the fact that uh, their bench. I mean, they keep trying different starting lineups. Like last night, they went from Jermichael Green starting to Gary Payton the third, I mean the second, and he actually played well, uh, but. Then you went to guys like Looney and Jermichael Green off the bench. Uh, they didn't even play much. Uh, I think a guy that they just refused to play that I think could actually give them certain things is Jonathan Kaminga. He's a, about a 6'8 forward. You know, he's athletic. Uh, but I think they probably just feel like he's too raw. They, they might feel like the moment would be too big for him. So, so for whatever reason, he's not getting any playing time. And so I just think that Golden State is in a lot of trouble. Uh, like I said, this series is 3-1. I expect the Lakers to win it probably in six. Uh, so I want to pose the question, is this the end for Golden State? You have Draymond Green who has a player option. I expect him to keep to come back on his player option and not opt out because nobody with sense is going to give him $30 million uh, in free agency a year. Uh, Clay, what ends up happening with Clay? How much longer is he with Golden State? You got a problem with Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole has just not been good in this series uh, for whatever reason. He doesn't play defense either. When you talk about defense, anytime you have Steph out there with Jordan Poole, 
You you need to have three other guys out there that can defend because those two don't defend. And Poole is even worse than Steph. And the thing about it is, especially if you're playing Klay Thompson, also being that he's not a good defender no more, well, that's three guys right there that you know aren't, def aren't playing defense. And so, Golden State's got a problem, man. I think they're going to end up splitting up this core. Uh, it could be the end of Golden State. And I, but I didn't say I didn't second guess this. I first guessed it. I said months ago that Golden State was not going to win another championship. I said if they did win a championship this year, then I was going to know something. It it would give off rig to me because they just weren't not that team. They just were not. So I think it's the end for Golden State. I think they're going to have to move some pieces and and probably put some more pieces around Steph Curry to build around because he's not getting any younger as well. Uh, and you don't want to waste the last two to three years of his prime. So the last couple of topics that we're going to do is we're going to run through Giannis. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, but superstar did tweet and put on Instagram, social media today that he's tired of the disrespect. He said, I'm coming. You know, and that sounds good. Giannis is great. He really is. But there's certain still deficiencies in his game that he's going to have to work on. He's not a good free throw shooter. He's not a good three-point shooter. And, and both of those things became a problem for the Bucs this year in the postseason. Uh, he's going to have to get in the lab this offseason, come back. If he could come back as, as a 35% three-point shooter and maybe a 70% free throw shooter, which is still not great. If he could come back, though, at those numbers, it, it would do uh, a lot of positive you know, for that team. LSU. We know the LSU women's basketball team won the championship and UConn men's basketball team won the championship this year. It has been announced that both of those teams will visit the White House on Friday, May 26th. So, you know, be on the lookout for that footage. I'm sure there'll be some footage of that and pictures and stuff like that. Uh, and they'll go to the White House and celebrate. Now, DePaul transfer Anissa Morrow announced last week that she's transferring to LSU. So LSU has got another one. They got another star. Um, so now you have Morrow, Angel Reese, and Haley Van Lith uh, playing together. Now me and my friend uh, Chris Short have been talking about this. Uh, he said he don't know if it's going to be enough basketballs for those three to play together. And they will have to make an adjustment because Reese averaged 20 plus. Uh, Haley averaged right at 20, and Morrow averaged 25.7 points per game. So there's no way that they're going to be able to put up the numbers that they put up last year uh, playing together. But I think that they're going to be able to make it work because I think that Reese will be willing to sacrifice, uh, and the others will as well because you're in pursuit of a, you know winning a back-to-back -back championship. And uh, so as long as people can sacrifice, as long as people can have that one common goal, uh, it will work. And another thing that I think that Kim Mulkey will be able to do is kind of stagger their minutes. She's going to have to figure out how to stagger their minutes where you ha sometimes you have uh, one of them out on the court at one time or two of them and not all three. And if you can do that, then you can still get up a decent amount of, you know, shots and have a decent amount of usage per person. So we're going to see what happens with LSU when the season does roll around. It's you know, obviously just ended, so it's going to be a while before that comes back. But we'll see what happens with them. Before I do my rough rant, I need everybody to make sure that you're following the uh, Time Out Sports 
Twitter page at Time My Sports 3. I need you to make sure you're following us at Instagram at Time My Sports with two underscores. And you can find the podcast on social media, uh, Spotify and iTunes at Time My Sports Podcast. Now, my rough rant this week is Phoenix Suns owner Matt Ishaba, uh, Ishbia. He's my rough rant because he decided in the last game against Denver, he grabbed. So what happened was there, were, there was a loose ball where the ball went out of bounds and he, it landed in his lap. And being that he's the owner and there was a player down for uh, for Phoenix, he knew that, that Nikola Jokic was trying to come get the ball so that they could get on a fast break and have numbers. And so he decided when Jokic was trying to get it from him to pull it back again and not let him get the ball. And so that's in, unacceptable whether he's the owner or not. You know, because basically that's cheap. Because they should have had a fast break and he wouldn't get them the ball back so that they could go. So I think that they need to penalize uh, Ishba as well in that situation. You know, stay stay in a, in a fan's perspective. Because at the end of the day, even though you're the owner, you're still a fan. You're not on the court. And, and don't be out here doing stuff trying to cheat. And so Jokic did push him. And I don't disagree with it. You know, some say where... He should have been suspended for that. It's been announced that he will not be suspended, and I agree that he shouldn't be. Um, they did find him 25K, and, uh, you know, that's fine. Whatever, find him 25K and move on. But uh, you got to gotta make sure that you let owners know as well that you cannot interfere with the game because that's not going to be – that's not right and it's not fair. So that's my rough rant for the week, and that will wrap up today's show. Uh, please make sure that you – or here at the same time and same place next Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Uh, yeah, we'll be here then. And I hope that everybody uh, make sure to share this with a friend and family member that loves sports. And uh, make sure to have a great week and keep a positive mindset. Because a lot of times in life, your attitude determines your altitude. See y'all next week. You're now tuned in to 105 Live. Hip-hop and R&B lives right, right, right here.